Hello and welcome to episode 25. Today I want to talk about a subject that comes around like the cycles of the moon. It sort of appears every few weeks and it comes in different forms. So it might be that the emotional abuser has changed. It might be that there's a hoovering attempt. It might be that some form of manipulation. And that's what I wanted to discuss whether you should give them another chance. Now, I have done various videos and maybe one podcast um, on techniques to remind yourself what's going on or to help you make decisions as to whether you should give them another chance, whether they have changed or they want to change for you, or whether this is just a desperate attempt by them to show off their acting skills because that's how I see them and I'm going to talk about a little bit about that as well. Welcome to the Mind Fuckery podcast. I'm your host Elizabeth, author of Finding Lily and the A to Z of emotional abuse. I'm here to remind you that love should be unconditional, divorcing emotionally is life-changing and that you have a duty of care to yourself. Each week I will discuss some of the terms you may hear along this journey and I will help you understand and process what's happening. I will help you find the best habits as you start to take back the control of your own life and learn the tools to heal on a deeper level, becoming the best version of yourself. So this subject comes up in so many different ways. So it might be that it comes up under a hoovering attempt. It might be that they're being emotional in front of other people. However, all their behaviour leading up to that point is completely different or behind the scenes is completely different. And I guess people asking, you know, will they change? Can they change? Should they give this person another chance? There might be children involved in, in the relationship or they don't want to break up their family unit and they're not sure what to do. And particularly if you're in pain after a discard, and you don't know what's going on, you don't know how to live, you can't function without them. It actually might feel safer to be back in that relationship. And particularly if there are children involved, you might be fearful of what happens with maybe parent alienation. So these are big things to take in. You know, if they reappear, they might do this in front of other people. They might um, start crying or use the children to manipulate you into making a decision and having them back. Look, mummy, or look, daddy, they're so sorry, they didn't mean it. They use the children or other people to manipulate the situation. These relationships are all about power and control. These emotional abusers don't have any empathy, they have no emotion. However, they're very, very good at copying in a way that a sociopath is able to socialise and take their cues from other people or the people around them. They show signs of caring and sincerity and trustworthiness. But the emotional abuser is manipulative and they often lie and act recklessly. The sociopath would know that their behaviour is wrong and they might feel a little bit of guilt, they might feel a little bit of remorse, but it doesn't stop them from what they're doing. And this might just be me, but have you ever been in a situation where your emotional abuser is upset or crying and you notice them look up to see if you're watching. Now, I've been in that situation a few times 
and with different people. And I knew at that point that this was manipulative behaviour. This is about understanding the manipulation, the tactics that are used. So they don't regret anything they've done to you. They may regret losing control. They may regret not picking up sooner that you were about to leave or you were trying to escape because that means they have to hand the power of the relationship back to you until they get an opportunity to bring it back in again. And any regret that they claim, whether it's words or whether it's tears, is not in the way that you are wanting it. You might want them to take responsibility and to change some of their behaviour. And unless you're at the very end of this cycle and you've peddled through this stage many, many times and you've realised that this is actually part of the lie, you might desperately listen to the words and cling on to them and if you're at that point you might realize what you hear is fake you might see because as I said I saw it a few times in different situations with different people one of them was a friend a female friend looking out the corner of her eye to see whether I was believing the tears as I drove her around and sorted out all these things and I and I thought wow this isn't real this situation isn't real I think I knew part of that wasn't and I was going through the motions to keep myself and my family safe and the other people that were in the group safe from what was going on but I do remember it was the the look out the side of the eye to see whether I had bought this what um the the emotions And it's when you start to wake up and you don't even have to see the cues. You can feel them. You can feel that this doesn't feel genuine. So there is remorse. The remorse is about losing control. The remorse will be about the regret of not maybe picking up that you want to get out of the relationship. The fake tears or the manipulation of other people's emotions are to get you to look like you're the awful person for not having them back in your life if that's what's going on. They need to be the victim because the victim gets the attention. The victim gets the supply. They're desperate. Now, we've got to remember that these people, as well as you, but these people will have experienced childhood trauma, whether they didn't bond, whether there was something else going on in their life, whatever happens, they've experienced emotional trauma. It doesn't give them the right to behave in the way that they do. That doesn't give them a free pass in life to manipulate other people to do what they want. We're all responsible for our own healing and only our own healing. We're not responsible for other people. And maybe... It's another podcast that I go into uh, the responsibility of healing because we are only responsible for our own healing and obviously our children we need to take responsibility for as well. But I do believe that is probably another podcast and I could go off on a tangent on that and I'm not. I'm going to bring it back into this subject of the abuser and how in their various different guises that they are manipulating your emotions and maybe using people as enablers. I did actually on Saturday's podcast, um, YouTube uh, was on enablers and maybe the role that you've been as an enabler. So what can you do? What can you do and say to keep yourself on track 
to question whether you're right to either have them back in your life or not have them back in your life. And also, what can you do to keep balanced, focused and grounded? That's the bit we're going to talk about now. So pick your scenario. Have they come back claiming remorse? They have realized how important the relationship is. They've realized that they actually want to be with you and how you should be together and that they can't function without you. Or they might even declare that you're the one that got away and so they want another chance. What are you going to do? And so many people ask me, will the emotional abuser, and I say emotional abuser over narcissist because you can only use the word narcissist if they've been clinically diagnosed and it's only a specialist that's going to be able to do that and because nothing's their fault they are not going to go and uh, get a diagnosis this is all your fault you were the one that got away you didn't do what they wanted in their mind you weren't fit for purpose because they created this vision of you and what you should be and who you should be you you can't live up to that because it's completely unrealistic and they drain you of everything including finances as a lot of people don't talk about this was actually with somebody yesterday and she was saying after a really short relationship she's now having to do all these different things to support herself because she's been financially abused as well as emotionally abused there were so many other things that happened in this really short relationship and yeah so financially they've drained you emotionally they've drained you physically you you might not look the person that you were so you might have put on a lot of weight hiding and protecting yourself or you might have lost a load of weight where you can't physically eat or um, stomach putting food into your mouth because you don't feel worthy of those nutrients and this is so this is so key to some of your healing mentally because of the gaslighting the triangulation all the other manipulation tactics that went on and so they start again with their manipulation tactics it might be that they're involving other people and your children are enablers or family members are enablers telling you how sorry they are and how they regret what's happened and they want to change and they might try and remind you of that connection that you once had and that you're meant to be together and that you're the only one that's ever understood them they might put back on their mask and you connect again with the person that you remember them to be at the beginning of the relationship and they might sprinkle in a bit of pity play playing the victim in order to gain sympathy or evoke compassion from you they can't reflect on what they've done remember you're an object to them therefore your reaction wasn't real because objects don't have feelings so there's this sociopathic response where they mimic it might be they've seen it on television or they know somebody who's gone through something and they replay they are actors this is a play to them and they will play a role, wear a mask and create a character or the character that they need to, as they did at the beginning of the relationship. They can do it at any point. They play this role 
and they play the person that you need them to be until you're back in and under their spell and they treat you in exactly the same way. So I've got some questions slightly different from the other podcasts I did on hoovering. I've just got four questions. They might be similar, but this is just a four-step process to keep you focused on actually what it is that you want. Okay, and that decision could be going back to them, but it's allowing you to make that decision yourself. And you could actually use these questions if you're in a place of rumination, if they haven't come back and they're not hoovering you or they're not manipulating you or you haven't got enablers telling you that they're really sorry. These four questions could help you out of rumination as well. So make sure that you have the space to make your own decisions, because if you've got somebody sitting there telling you that oh you live in the past oh you keep dragging things up that is a manipulation and you're not being allowed to give yourself that space to think for yourself that's a violation of a boundary you need this space you need to create a time and a space to really sit and think so it could be that you have an afternoon to yourself that you sit and you meditate and you ground and you light some candles and have a nice bath you need some space to be able to think about these questions and have be really honest with the answers as said and i've experienced this before you live in the past you keep dragging this up It's because you haven't had the closure. You haven't been able to process the emotions that go with the betrayal or the deceit that you've experienced. And this is purposeful because they're not respecting your ability to make a decision about your own life and how you feel about something and their fear of rejection, which drives the majority of their life is what's driving and manipulating you, force you into making decisions to stay with them, even knowing that you'd be unhappy. Now, a healthy person wouldn't do that. They would want you to be happy, even if it made them unhappy. It wasn't what they wanted. Their focus would be what is right for the situation, not what's right for them. So being really honest with yourself, you can ask these questions. So the first part, part one, is how many times have you given this person a chance? How many times have you written off their behaviour or excused their behaviour? How many times have you wanted to walk away from this relationship? How many times have you then seen the mask being put back in place and they play the role that you have been looking for and you've written off your emotions and your need to get away and then the second part is what's different this time that makes them want to change and the third part is why haven't they bothered before why haven't they done this before if it's so important to them the first time that you said i'm unhappy and i want out of the relationship or the first time that they discarded you and then came back why haven't they wanted to change before so part four is why does it take a separation to make that change? Think about the relationship. You've been in it for X amount of time. It could be a short period of time or a long period of time. It might be that you wanted this uh, break and or they wanted this break. What's different? Why did it take separation to them now realise that, that this is what they want? I'm, I'm going to be really honest because I'm asking you to be honest. Things don't change. Zebras don't get spots. Cheetahs don't get stripes. They will not change. They might change for a period of time. 
they don't have this ability to do this. If you can tick quite a few boxes, um, if you've gone through questioning and believing that they're higher up on the narcissistic spectrum, this relationship is very one-sided. You bonded with them, they don't bond with you. They haven't got that ability. They emotionally can't do it. And why is it different now? How have they got this ability now to do it that they weren't able to do it the first time that something raised its head and said there's an issue? And those are, those are the four questions. How many chances have you given? How many times have you given them a chance to change? What's different now that they're willing to change for? That all those other times, it might be five, it might be 10, it might be three. Why is this time different? Why haven't they bothered to do this before? And why did it take this moment, this separation, for them to decide that they want to make that change? You've got to be really strong and really honest with yourself. Now, if you want them back in your life and you're willing to give it another go because you might not be ready, you might not be ready for that separation, then I would ask you to set a boundary and say what happens in a certain period of time? What happens if they don't change? What happens if they do change and then three months later they revert back and you're back in that relationship? What are you going to do? And write those goals, write those statements out because I know this through the people that I've worked with. When you go back because you think it's what you want and it seems safer, it doesn't hurt as much, it's harder to get back out of those relationships. And so many people have said, I'm, I wish I'd never done it. I can't now get out. And I've in my group, there's no judgment. If you feel that's the route you want to take, then that is something, it's like having that itch that you can't scratch. If maybe your leg's in plaster and you've got an itch and you literally can't get to it, you can't scratch it and you might try and stick a pencil down there or a ruler and it doesn't quite get to that point. And sometimes you need to experience this, as I said many, many times, on average people go back seven to eight times and that's average. So somebody might break away after two or three times, somebody might break away after 20 times. It's an average, seven to eight. Be really honest with yourself. Do you want to be here in a year's time in exactly the same position? Because in a year you can do so much healing. In a year you can change so much within your life. And again, there's so many people in the group that I run, the Divorce Sanctuary, that have managed to get through that and think that it's never ending. This pain is never ending. These thoughts don't stop, but they do. They calm down and what you do is you think, oh, I haven't thought about that for a whole day or I'm not feeling those emotions or I get people to use the emotions as a guide as to how they're healing because you can see, particularly with rumination, it might be that you can get stuck in rumination for a whole week and then all of a sudden, because using some of the techniques that I teach, you might find that you've actually only been there uh, a day. And then when you actually think about it, then, you know, a while later you think, wow, I'm literally going down into rumination. I'm thinking this is all my fault or if only I'd done something. 
and I go, no, 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 hang on a minute. This is the person that they were. This is the person they showed me. This is the person behind the mask. I'm ruminating about the person they pretended to be and you're out within minutes. And this is the power of using these markers because you can see I got stuck there for a week. I used to, and this is a personal experience. I would sit, I get stuck there for a week. And then I realized that when I was grounded, I wasn't, I was coming out a lot quicker. Then I added in the breathing. When I was breathing, I was coming out even quicker. And then I realized honest conversations and I'm going to be teaching that I'm going to do a free workshop I'll put a link below in a few weeks um, I and the honest conversations that I was having with myself as to what was it that I wanted and who did I want and what was it that I needed and when I was really honest and I was able to talk to that part of me that really wanted to reach out that was when my healing uh, just catapulted forward and it changed my life and I've been doing this for years I've been doing this for so many years but it was not you know I had the tools I just didn't know that they worked in in this area so I said I am going to be using that I am going to be doing a little mini workshop for a couple of hours and during that time we will be doing each one section by section the most important one that we will probably spend more time on is actually those honest conversations so um, I'll put a link below if you are interested in, in, in joining me. But I had these four questions, how many times, how many chances, what's different this time and um, why haven't they bothered before? What what has driven them to this point? Is it because you've stepped into your power? And why did it take this moment? Why did it take this moment to get there? So it's about being strong, it's about being honest and having that time, creating and carving that time away from those voices that are behind you saying, oh, you live in the past, oh, you know, things have changed, whatever it is that those statements are. It's like having somebody sitting on your shoulder and whispering in your ear and don't allow that. I hope this has been helpful. Uh, it is something that, as I said, comes up every few weeks. So it is like a like a phase of the moon or something like that. It comes round and round every few weeks. It's, it's worded in a different way, but it's very similar. And it's so easy to think, I could give this another go. I could give this another go, but what's different about this? And it's about being really honest with yourself now. I'm sending you loads and loads of love until next time. And as I said, I'll put all the links below in the description box.